Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Saturday, we had a I'm about to say, don't say we, because I wasn't, I wasn't there. <laughs> What's good, Rainbow? How you feeling, mama? I'm tired, as always. When am I not tired, right? Join the club, man. But we other than a, that, I'm good. I'm, I mean... We, we had a great July 4th. Um, y'all ate all my mm-hmm. things. I loved it. Y'all left me none. I was so happy. That's I, a good I, thing. Yeah, that's a great thing. Um, You know. So, uh, how's, how's everything else other than that? How was your weekend? Because it was a three-day weekend. Well, we already know I have a five-day weekend, so I only work two days a week. <laughs> I, 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 saw, I saw you were out at the beach showing by. I, I went to the beach on Monday mm-hmm. before I came to the barbecue. It was hot as shit <laughs> on the beach. Okay, so you people? had a good time, though. I had a good 4th of July. I did. How about you? Don was out there cooking ribs and corn, and my corn, the corn was taking too long. I was getting upset. <laughs> um, I had a great Fourth of July. Um, you know it. It's all about family. That's Absolutely. how I, I. That's 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 my whole point of doing it. Um, sharing time with my family. Um, you know I'm sending blessings to my son right now. You know he's going through a little something, but um, other than that, like listen, it's 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 real. You know Saturday was a great time. Today I took. The youngins to Saturday. What happened Saturday? Oh, Saturday we was running around putting up stuff and getting stuff ready, and you know we just had a good time. Us, us guys, it was just. I thought I was gonna say, what did I miss on Saturday? You talking about Saturday? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> but then um, today I took the kids to Parkwood Park Zoo, and okay. it was amazing. We had an amazing time. Um, you know, I, I realized one thing about Brooklyn's Parkwood Park Zoo, though. What about it? We have limited amount of animals. I mean, like, it's in the middle of Brooklyn. What you want? <laughs> like you go to the Bronx Zoo, there's like mad animals. You it was it everything. was probably it was it probably wasn't easy to get the elephants, you know, down uh back back to Brooklyn. They, they yeah, need to turn them. Yeah, yeah, no. So that's probably why there's limited animals. Like it's hard to get the animals in the midst of Brooklyn. Like. Did they have tigers or anything? Like, that'd be weird. Can you imagine if they got the hell out and then start running down the block? <laughs> I ain't so, with it. But they have some dope animals there. I really had a good time with my family today. Um, all in preparation for today, man. I had to do a lot of mental homework. Shout out to the new show coming on after us, um, Simply Tiffany. So make sure y'all tune in. She has um, Bob Baldwin in in the building tonight. Um, okay. Oh, Bob's back. Yeah, yeah. I like it. So definitely tune in. I was not out of control, TK. I, I had a great time on the show. He was out of control on Saturday? Y'all needed me there to <laughs> rein him in, huh? Yeah. Man, y'all should have called me. What did I do Saturday? <laughs> oh, sat- no, Saturday, I probably couldn't help y'all out. I went to a party on Saturday, and it was hot <laughs> as 
Yo, it was it was there, it was like a rooftop thing. And baby, when I tell you it was hot, it, it, it was the weather hot. the the weather has been crazy in New York. It's the last it couple was weeks. Hot. With yeah. a capital H. For all that knows, we're gonna have Bill Dukes on today. Shout out to Bill Dukes. He will be on at 7.30. So make sure y'all tune in. Tell a friend, tell a friend. You know what I mean? Don, you, need to, you need to be choked out. Is that what the is that oh. what is that what oh. Nina said? To choke him out for us. <laughs> you was misbehaving. I, no, I was just speaking my mind. That was just speaking my mind. You know, I had a couple of jokes, but I was just speaking my mind. I thought you were about to say I had a couple of drinks. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, fully sober. That's how it is. Um, you know, doing my my one two. Yes, Bill Dukes will be on today. Um, we have a lot of interesting questions, now, You know, I don't know if my questions are interesting, but they questions. <laughs> they shit I want to know. So. Yo, like, we're going to get into it. We, you already know we start off with trending topics, but today I want to shout our sponsors out early because I definitely um want to make sure they get their love. Um, Shout out to the gallery each and every Tuesday on CaribbeanPowerJam.com. Shout out to Industry 21 Magazine. We are in... um Issue, issue. Issue. I was just about to say that. An issue twelve. <laughs> Shout out nah, to Plush Vodka. You be, epi- be saying episode. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Plush Vodka. Um, gluten free vodka. Make sure you try out the plum. And I have to send. Remind me to send TK and Nina Pink some Plush Vodka because I keep forgetting. So okay. I got to definitely send them some. Um, Shout out to a cause of concern, a solution network, sister. Chaplain Christina Winslow. Um, she has an event coming up. Make sure y'all definitely go and support. It'll be in that's this week, New York, the ninth. Oh, so we'll definitely be there. Um, make sure you come through and support. Shout out to Hot Commodity Cosmetics. Next week we will be giving away some Hot Commodity Cosmetics. Shout out! I don't to know what Christine. you say. I'm I'm entering this raffle or whatever it is. You're I'm not, going to some... no no no. Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm gonna get me some hot commodities cosmetics. Shout out to Envious Creations, all the dopest treats, the gear, anything you need. Just holla at Envy and she'll make it happen. Shout out to Martine Felton, um, definitely author, life coach. Transition. Intuitive. Intuitive. Yes, that's the word I want to I know. I know. I was reading your mind. You know what I mean? If anybody has any businesses that they want to um want us to shout out, let us know, you know. And make sure you um definitely hit us up. We'll definitely let you know prices and, and get your business out there. You know what I'm saying? Anybody that want to call in tonight, the number is nine two nine four four one two four one seven. If you want to support the show. Definitely hit up the Evening Rush dollar sign, the Evening Rush. Oh, Mr. Duke is in the building. How are you, Mr. Duke? Um, Hi. Um, so we're just going to pull him in. Let's let's go. Hello How are you there. doing? How's everything? God bless you both. How are you doing today? God bless you. Thank you, and, and welcome to the Evening Rush. Pleasure. Um, how are you doing today? 
Uh, we was we was expecting you at seven thirty, but um, I'm happy you got to come on earlier. No problem. Um, so let's get straight to business then, Rainbow. Um, I got. Let's go with the first question. I was about to say, what did I? What happened? I just <laughs> what made you uh get into acting, Mr. Duke? Uh, well, it's a long story, but um, I uh, when I saw Sidney Poitier, who um, was a great hero to me, mm-hmm. um, and after and he he was just a hero to a lot of us at that time, mm-hmm. and I felt something. But you know, I was in junior college, you know, was taking. I told my my parents I wanted to be an actor, and they thought that at that time. It was, no. No, it was. So they said, be a doctor and make money. And so I took um, classes, cutting up. Oh, no. Amphibious and cats and everything. And I said, this is not for me. You have to have a stomach <laughs> for that. Yes. I mean, I, I congratulate doctors, nurses. I mean, I'm just saying. But it wasn't my turn, and so, so when you're always writing, I was tall and awkward, and I had dyslexia, so I wasn't a great communicator, and so I used to write in the journal. They said, you're always writing, let's take an English class and become a teacher. I said, okay. And I um, got into Boston University, I mean, Boston University, and um, Lloyd Richards was the head of drama at the drama department at BU. He was black. He was one of the first black directors on Broadway, Raising in the Sun. Mm. And so I went up there and audition and I got in and I I got in. And um, Roy Richards was a mentor for me also after I graduated. But what happened was um, uh, my first semester I had to take a ballet class and I'm glad there weren't cameras. Because <laughs> I had to dance across the floor in ballet tights. Yeah. I'm glad that Were you me. any good? No. <laughs> Standing on my tiptoes at 6'5, are you kidding? Mm. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> then how I got my first job was after I graduated um, from NYU School of the Arts. And I made a film there, uh, and it won some awards, it got recognition. And then I went around to all the networks and studios. They said, well, we appreciate you got an award, but we'll hire you in your second job, but not in your first. So I went to David Jacobs, who was the head of Knox Landing, and went to Knox Landing, and sat down with him for five minutes he just kind of said, okay, take care. And so a week later, my agent called me and said that David Jacobs wants you to direct an episode of Nice Landing. Mm. I said, what? So I went, told and my family, everybody was so happy. So I was in a week of pre-production. And uh, I, my, my last day of pre-production, Joe Wallenstein comes in. He says, hey, Bill, you did a great job in pre-production. We could tell you you're going to be great, but you're real. Mm. So what real? So what the real that you sent up for your other shows? I said, no, no, I just graduated 
from uh, AFI, and I just he said, wait, whoa, whoa. He goes in David Jacobs' office. David Jacobs had mixed my box up with somebody else. <laughs> wow. That's how I got my first job. Hey. Wow. What 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 happens? God was looking out for you. Yeah. Looks out for me every day and always has. And I can tell you it's that's the reality. So that one moment got us where we are right now with you being one of the greatest actors, entrepreneurs, authors, directors. That's amazing. Well, God is good. You know, I've been through a lot. All the time. God was good. And even in the hardest times, you know, my first, I tell this story all the time. Um, I was the first black director on Dallas. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I was so happy. And I got my little used car and got it cleaned and wore a little tie with a little jacket and had my briefcase. And I drove up to the security guard at the gate and I rolled my window down. And he looks at me and he says, um, Who are you, you delivering for? Mm. I said, what did you say? Mm-hmm. He said, who are you delivering for? As I, always, as I always say, I wanted to say, I'm about to deliver a can of whip-ass to you. <laughs> <laughs> but if I had said that, I would have been the angry black man mm-hmm. in Hollywood. So instead I said, Sir, I'm the first black director on Dallas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What I'm delivering is my talent as a director. Amen. Would you please open a gate? The most wonderful thing that I could see was the look on his face. Shock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shock. Good. What can I say? Wow. See, and it, that's all it takes. You don't always have to be aggressive. You don't have to go mm-hmm. any way other. You just, listen, I, I, this is who I am. And the respect had to come off the list. So what you can do is so, love yourself every day. Amen. Um, your first acting gig was car wash, correct? Um... I think I did a, a couple of smaller films before that, but that was my first major thing. Me. Hmm. What the was great, it like working with the great Richard Pryor and uh, Sidney Poitier? Oh. Uh, I don't think Sidney wasn't in the show. I think it, okay. But I know Richard was in there. No, I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Richard Richard was he shocked everybody with his humility. Mm. When we when we were just on the set, we were just like starstruck and bowing and oh Mr. Pryor, and he said, Come on, come on, come and he started telling some jokes and we all laugh. And he was the humblest, kindest all I can say is that he was he was magnificent. And embraced 
I think a lot of people misunderstood um, Richard Pryor. And, you know, they didn't really get to realize who he was until later on. Um, so that's why I asked, was it, how was it working with him? Because, you know, seeing who he became of one of the greatest comedians, it was, you know, mm-hmm. working with somebody of that caliber yeah. and yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely ever. So my next question is, what was it like working with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Not one, but two movies. Working with Arnold, again, and I'm, I'm not blowing smoke, but he's one of the most humble people I've ever met. Mm. There are certain people that, you know, um, what's it, uh, Wayne Dyer has a saying. He says, every morning we have one of two choices. We can be a host to God or a hostage to our ego. Mm-hmm. Mm. And Arnold was not a, a, a hostage to his ego. He was yes. great people, disciplined. Him and his trainer and the other staff and the other actors, as you saw Jesse Ventura and all athletic yes. guys, right? If the call to the set was seven o'clock. They'd be up in the morning at 5 (laughs) a.m. And Arnold had two gyms transferred by truck to the location Mm. of the hotel. And he bought up two of the ballrooms. They became gyms. He had to keep that physique up. (laughs) That's right. So so what happened was they'd be up at 5 and they would run, oh, maybe four miles, five miles. Mm-mm. Come back, come, come back, work out in the gym for a half hour, and go eat breakfast. I did it twice. <laughs> <laughs> That's all, they can keep it. I I can't keep up with that. They they called me a wimp. You know, I say, whatever you call me, I'm going to enjoy my breakfast. That's all I can say. I'm going to enjoy a little bit extra sleep and a good breakfast. That's right. But they were, they were like, when I say serious. Yeah. We were trained. Well, that's what their, well, not their career was built off of, but they were big, they were big guys, so they had to continue to be big, so they had to work out like that. Yeah, because Jesse was a wrestler, mm-hmm. um, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger was a bodybuilder. First of all, he was just an action star, so action stars need to be, back then, they had to be big, like big, big. That's right. That's right. He was kind, and he was a thousand percent committed. Mm. He was a, he's a giver. He's a giver. So we're in the jungle, we're in the jungles for a long time, crawling around. On our stomachs and coral snakes that can kill you crawling in front of our faces. And wow. we used to have lunch the first two weeks. In the first week, the uh, caterer did the best he could. He put netting around the place where we ate. Uh, and the, uh, but there used to be bugs in our food. Mm-hmm. And we went to. I'd be like, we're going to have a fake jungle? <laughs> yes, exactly. 
He said, please take our plates and take this back. We're not eating this. He's, he's bugged it. He said, guys, I have, I have all kinds of netting around. But in the jungle, I'm not putting bugs in the food. They're just flying in there. Right. So the first two days, we put the food back. And by the third day, we're so hungry. The bugs are called proteins. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> wow. That's it. In other in other countries, that's just that's all it's called. It's protein. That's it's a delicacy. <laughs> <laughs> People do the best they can with what they got. <laughs> that's right. You know. So when when you chose most of your roles, it was because I see a lot of them was often cops. You you were playing a role of a cop or a detective. Um, what was that like? Well, you know, I'm six foot five, you know, I'm dark skinned and um, I guess they found me intimidating. Yeah, intimidating or threatening. And so those are the roles that were offered. Car, car wash was an exception. Yeah. Even though Minister to Society is, I mean, out of all the roles I've ever played in any movie, I, I, I was in China. Mm. I was walking down the street and these four little Chinese boys are passing by me and they say, oh, yo, yo, yo. I said, yeah. You build dope, you build dope, right? Oh. Yes, yes. And, and I'm quoting now. I say, oh, you know you don't puck up, right? <laughs> yes. It was one of the most famous lines. Yeah. Everybody loved that line. You know you don't fuck up. <laughs> their their s wind up being peas. <laughs> and you know, doing that movie, and then once again, you went off when you did um, "Get Rich or Die Trying." Mm-hmm. What was that like working with Fifty and? Because that was his beginning. That's what one of the movies that made him into who he is now. Shout out to the whole South Side Queens because we're from New York. So, yeah, I play I played his father in that movie. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, it was great working with him. That was, I think, it was his first major acting gig. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, we had a good time. We talked and um, talked about the the thing I discovered about him on that set was what a brilliant businessman he was. Mm-hmm. Not just an actor or a rapper. Yeah. I'm talking about business. Yep. Because when we talked, he, he talked about the industry, the business of the industry, um, you know, how his, what his goals were. It was great. Mm. I remember I remember old 50 when he used to sell his CDs out, his, out the trunk of his car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Those are amazing stories, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tyler Perry, when I first met Tyler, he was, mm-hmm. homeless, he was homeless, living in his car. Mm. And that's, that's like, that was his beginning. Yeah. And, and look at what he owns now. Wait, yeah. forget what he owns. He, and, and it has its own little exit on the highway, like Tyler Perry yeah. Studios. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Have you have you ever been to that studio? Mm-mm. No. Oh, you got I haven't it. been to I haven't been to Atlanta yet. So maybe once I go to Atlanta, I'm gonna go visit it. Guys, yeah. 
40 acres. Mm-hmm. I think he just bought some more land. Uh, the, the actual house, as you see it in Washington, is built on the studio land. Mm. That's where he filmed the Oval. And there's wow. 12 state-of-the-art sound stages. Tw- yeah, 12. Mm-hmm. They are sound stages. Uh, he's employing a lot of people. And uh, he's just doing great work. I mean, what I'm saying, he's controversial. People are like, I don't like his work. I do like his work, whatever it is. But he's employing a lot of folks mm-hmm. that wouldn't have jobs without him being there. Absolutely. And, and he, when I was there, he was very humble, uh, very kind, just a good people. I have a question. Um, do you have, like, as far as co-stars, because you have so many, Is do you have a yeah. favorite? That's a hard one. I am. Someone that you like thoroughly enjoyed working with. Maybe not a favorite. Um, I can't remember all of my films, but you know, as I said. Because <laughs> there's so many. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so many. But working with Arnold was great, you know. Um, I also see that you have a lot of movies with Lawrence Fishburne, too. Yeah. Well, he directed. Um, Look, cover. it's right there. It's right behind Yeah. Cover <laughs> and, um, he was in Harlem. He was in, um, he was in Hoodlum. Hoodlum, yes. Yeah. That, too. Yeah. Uh, there was another one. What was it called? I had it up here. I don't, mm. yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. Um, you just have so many superstars that you, because uh, you're a superstar in your own right. So yeah. it's hard. It's hard to decide. <laughs> there are a lot of there are a lot of wonderful. Just a lot of wonderful actors. I've been so 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 fortunate you know to work with you know and um they're just um, some people i i i remember i was in a broadway show called ain't supposed to die a natural death mm. as a matter of fact they're redoing it and um i used to do my role then i stand on the wings and look on stage and learn from those incredibly brilliant stage actors. I would just learn, but just looking at, you know, and I'd go back on stage, do my role, and come back and just look. Because, you know, you they were, they, how can I say, they weren't acting, they became the person. Because it's a different thing, because you're live, like someone's actually watching you, so you have to be that person. Yeah. And guess what? You don't get no take two. Mm-mm. <laughs> there ain't no cut. Let's do take. No, no, no. You get one take, and that's it. And you, you can tell how the audience feels by how they react to what you do. Um, I just want 
I just want to wanna... say that I love to hate you because Black Lightning is one of my favorites. But you <laughs> in that show, baby, <laughs> I'm ready to fight you. <laughs> I'm so glad you enjoyed it. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. I did. We had fun. I'm like, why is he back? Why y'all bring him back? <laughs> <laughs> we had fun. We had fun. So we have a comment from one of the, the watchers. They wanted to know what what movie did you enjoy filming the most and why? I have that as a question. <laughs> well, one I would say I really enjoyed, enjoyed uh, uh, directing Deep Cover. Mm. Jeff Goldblum and and Lawrence Fishburne together. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's almost like as a director, you didn't have to tell them nothing. When they got they got in that scene, they give not a hundred but a thousand percent. You know, and um, there's a scene in which Jeff Goldblum shoots Clarence Williams III, and Clarence dies, and and he and he was kind of like a father figure to Lawrence Fishburne's character. And, and and when he shot him, I just said, okay, Lawrence, whatever you feel. He started sobbing and weeping like it was really his his father. Mm. And, and that and that touched everybody on the set. Everybody. I would say the second one is Woodlum, you know, working with Cecily Tyson. Are you kidding me? <laughs> God, amazing. I, I, I was, I was supposed to be directing a scene. I just said, Miss Tyson, do what you do. What do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, what? what there's just some people you you just you don't direct them. You just be like, all right, so we're gonna start, and you just do whatever it is that you do because I already know you know what you're doing. That's right. And Cicely Tyson was one of those. Brilliant, brilliant, kind, beautiful spirit. And then years later, I saw her on Broadway. I forgot she was like in her late seventies, early eighties, whatever it was, dancing and singing on Broadway. Mm. Sometimes two shows a week. I mean, I mean a day, two shows yeah. like yeah, Saturday and Sunday. I went back to see her, man. She was just the great. Was, she was one of the greatest. Wow. She was. So I have, she was. I have she was one it. One more. One more comment from the audience. From the gallery. <laughs> <laughs> they from asked, the what was the experience of working in the, on the movie American Gigolo with Richard Gere? Wow. Great question. Great director. I forgot his name. I'm locking my head right now. But great director. And Richard, you know, it's, he's one of those people as an actor. He would say, say Bill, what, what do you need? What do you need? I said, man, well, I just want to be there with your man. And he said, but if you need me to do something different, he was that kind of person. Mm. Yeah. 
I mean, he was a star. I mean, he was, but he was a collaborator. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. He wasn't taking himself so seriously that you were minor to him. No, no, no. He was, he collaborated with other actors that were working with him. I love Richie Gale. I don't know. Incredible. Incredible. So, I want to get into your book. Um, your author now. How many of books have you written? Uh, three that are being published. Yes, right now, okay. not a biography. Mm. Um, my book of my poetry uh, called uh, "Works of the Invisible Man." Hmm. Uh, and my book for my, my legacy book called The Journey. It's uh, the journey that we all take in our lives. And I, mm. and now I've also uh, launched my own network online called Unite. And you can get it by going to Unite, Y O U N I T E, Network TV.com. Yeah. Unite. NetworkTV.com, and I created the uh, network because when I turn on the news, eighty percent of it's negative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. why I tend not to watch it because yeah, I don't want to be depressed. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so a question came to my mind one day: What are we leaving our children? Are we leaving them hope? And I realized, you know, there's a lot of good things happening in this world and in this country that people don't talk about. Nope. Mm-hmm. They sure don't. So I want to mind, mind network to be like a good news network. Or I have the support of Anthony Anderson and Cedric Entertainer and some other major stars that are on the network and they gave interviews, etc. and I'm putting more stuff up there. So, And we're looking for anybody who has content that's positive mm. Mm-hmm. And that's caring about others in the world, and children, and older, whatever it is. Please contact us. You know, at Unite. Yeah. Because the thing is, is that if you want to put up as much good news that's happening. A lot of good things are happening around the world. Absolutely, and we don't even know about them because no one reports on them. Yeah. It's not. It's not dramatic. You know what I mean. No one's bleeding or dying. Absolutely. Uh, they just want to invoke fear in us. It's. It's like. It's like. It's sad because. What are we leaving our children? You gotta leave. Yeah. Hope. You gotta leave some hope. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Everything you're saying is a true fact. Um, Mr. Duke's book right now, Works of the Invisible Man. Make sure y'all go support, pick that up. Um, what made you write this book? Well, I, I said before, I have a disease called dyslexia. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know about that, but when I was yeah, born, I, I I know about Don it. Has, very, yeah, Don has he has dyslexia too. As well, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. So when I grew up, I was six foot five, dark skin, black in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. 
I couldn't communicate very well. So I started writing journal, 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 my journal. And um, so I became a writer first before anything else. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you an interesting story that I tell in all my interviews. Um, being born in the 40s and coming through the 50s and other 60s, before integration, I was mm. very, very angry because and I was really a racist. So I had some white friends, but I was a racist. I hated white people because, you know, what I saw on the news and the things and burning us alive and just. And then my sister and I were beaten to the ground when we were like seven to eight years old by a white motorcycle gang. So I was really angry. And so I was in high school and I used to write in my journal because that's how I could communicate with my thoughts and feelings. Mm-hmm. And um, I used to write in my journal instead of paying attention to my English teacher, Miss Walker. She said several times, stop writing in the journal and listen to what I'm saying. I said, yes, Miss Walker, and I used to go back and write my journal again. <laughs> and one day she took my journal from me. And I said, what do you And write it? Hmm? And she write it? No, she just took it. Oh. And I said, Miss Walker, she said, leave the classroom. Just leave. And I said, I hated her so much. So a month and a half, maybe two months later, almost three months later, I'm in her class and I'm pissed at her every day I go there. And I'm leaving because she says, Duke, sit down. I said, Miss Walker, she said, Duke, sit down. And this is a a white female woman. She goes in her desk and she pulls out the, the, my journal that I'd given her that she took from me. She says, here's the journal back. I said, thank you. She says, wait a minute, one more thing. She pulls out another book. And it's a book of the National Poetry Contest. Mm. She had entered two of my poems in the book and I won and that was confusing for you yeah I didn't like white people you had already been beaten up by them that's right and she did that because she wanted to then I would say five years after that four or five years after that I was at Dutchess Community College and uh, Dr. Hall who ran the college. Um, I had been at B, got to BU with a scholarship. I didn't have money for my room and board. So I was going to come back to Poughkeepsie and work for a year or so, get money for my room and board, and then go back to BU. Mm. So in the spring break, Dr. Hall had heard about this, and I was walking down the halls of Dutch uh, Community College. He said, Duke, come here, come here, come here. You know, so Dr. Hall, I'm busy. He said, come here. I said, come here. Okay. So I go into his office and he says, I hear you're thinking about leaving BU and coming back to Poughkeepsie to work. I said, yes, sir, because I can't you know, pay for my room and board. He says, wait, wait, wait. He goes into his vest pocket. He takes out an envelope. Mm. I said, what is this? He said, open it. I open it. 
it was a check that paid for all my expenses. Mm-hmm. Two years. Mm. For three years. I was, I, when I read that, I was in so, I was in a shock. I was like. We <laughs> <laughs> just read it. You experienced it. Yeah, you experienced it. Yes. And when he, and when he said it, I, I was going to say, thank you. He said, it's okay. I believe you. Mm. See that? And that was another shocker for you, huh? Well, you know, it stopped me from judging people by their skin color. Mm. Because I met a lot of black folks who had money that had never done that for me. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> you know I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm just saying. No, nah, it's it's reality. It's, it's all it's in a reality. person's heart. It doesn't matter yeah. what the color of their skin is. It's all in a per it, what it what lies in the person's heart. That's yeah. Right. And um, I just. Particularly in the, I created my network because in these times of division where, my God, I don't even, I don't have to say anymore sometimes because I look at how just the planet we're dealing with is mm-hmm. us. Gas. Is outrageous. Food. I mean, it's going down slightly. It was five dollars a gallon. Now it's like four fifty. No, in so. in Cali, it's much more. Yeah, my friend it's lives way much more. My friend lives in Cali, and she sent me a picture. I said, so I would be finding a, either a horse, I'd take the bus, or wow. I'd have to walk, or I'm just not leaving the house because that is ridiculous. That it doesn't make it doesn't even make sense to leave the house. By the time you get to work and get your paycheck, you can spend it in your gas tank. There are gas stations here in LA. Where a gallon of gas costs seven dollars and fifty cents a gallon. Yeah, by the time you fill up your, by the time you fill it, don't have a truck. By the time you fill that up, you didn't spend about a hundred and fifty, one seventy five. That's way. That's that's ridiculous. That, you know, you see, you see everything changing in the world right now. That's just like what happened to we, we as the people. This is for the people. Everything is about money. The government don't the government does not care about the people. They just care about making money. That's why yeah. they get that this is why they said in New York you can carry a gun now. Which is outrageous. <laughs> in New York you can carry a gun now? Yeah. You can have a license the, to carry. Mm-hmm. They just passed it in the um Supreme Court where we can now have open carry licenses. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is not like um, the southern states where, you know, um, you have a whole bunch of land and somebody might be yeah, trying to rob you. Yeah, a lot you. of space. <laughs> That's not what people are right on top of each other, and the same thing in Cali. People are right on top of each other. So it, you know, it, to me, it's just going to once again blur color lines where you know we have to worry. You know, people with hate in their blood, they're gonna be the ones that I feel are gonna attack. Before mm-hmm. anyone else, they're gonna be like, "Oh, so I can I can openly carry a weapon now? No problem. You you did the right thing for me." Do you think you think? Okay, in terms of our children and their future, for their mm-hmm. what can it's looking do? horrible? Uh, is there anything we can do, or anything we can? 
I don't know I because mean, it seems like the Supreme Court is just trying to di they're it, dictating everything. They're open. They're saying you can't have an abortion, but you can carry a gun. I don't know. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> I don't know. Like the people we put in office, I feel like they're trying to do their job, but it's it's hard when you keep getting outvoted. You know, by the Supreme Court, and they they're running off of a constitution that's old. It's old constitution. New laws should have came in place for what no what happens when times is the people, change. But what happens is the people who are in office, they're also old and think of old things and they're not trying to go with the times. They they don't care about that. Yeah, but I mean, you this is where you're putting people's lives in danger. Like literally putting people's lives in danger off of an old constitution and an old which is an old piece of paper. Mm -hmm. That was written in a time where it was different, where we didn't even have rights. We didn't Correct. have no rights at all then, back then. Because they, they were clearly just trying to take our voters' rights back, too. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks, no. thanks to Kamala. At least she was trying to fight for that. Because otherwise, we would have just... Black people wouldn't even been able to vote anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> These times are so... What took my breath away, and I... And, and, I can't talk too much about it or think about it even. When those fourth grade kids were killed. Yeah. I, I, it's beyond my, it's, it, it's, how do you, how do you kill a child? I mean, really? Those are monsters. And I mean, people have been like that for ever because it, if you think about it, our people have always, they've always killed our kids. They've always killed our children. <laughs> so it just, it's just that it's televised now. We can actually, we can actually find out about it and it actually makes a difference to other people because people. But it's still heartbreaking. It's, it's still hard. It, the whole thing is, it's always been heartbreaking. You, but what you I'm know, trying to say is, back in the day when there was slavery, they were always they would always kill us black children, our black children, with no problem. Like they treated yeah. us like animals. But yeah. in this day and age, any no no nobody should be killed. Every I, I feel, feel like, like everyone should die of natural causes. Listen, I feel like you know, end of the day, they're things are being done that there has to be a way to stop it. And it has to come from congressmen. It has to come from, um, our, it should be coming from our president, which I'm surprised, you know, he and I'm going to tell you why. He, he, he served with the first black president who he saw was making change after change after change. It, so not really, why would you, you, you have to remember all, this, all there were a lot of things that Obama wanted to do, but they wouldn't let him do simply because yeah, they were like, oh, no, we, you, you can't you can't do that. No, we're not letting you do that. N nope. Not not them. Not not for you. So it doesn't yeah. really matter. There was a lot of things that we were supposed to be able to have done with the first black president. But it wasn't it was never going to happen for us because the law is not is not for us. The Constitution wasn't written for us, and that's what they're going off of. Who, who do the two of you think the next president will be? 
unfortunately, I have to like, you know, after yeah. looking, I, I, I honestly believe that they're gonna probably vote Trump back in. Donald I Trump. honestly believe that they shouldn't let him run again. They should. They, first of all, after January sixth, he shouldn't even be able to run again. Point blank. Period. Unfortunately, that's where it's gonna end up happening because they love him. People feel like Biden is not doing his job at all. But neither would, if you think about it, neither was Trump. He was just running off a whole bunch of things that Obama did. Pretty well, you know, that's what it was. But at the end of the day, gas prices and, was lower, food was and all the ba- more. Yeah, wasn't nobody at war then because of Obama. Yeah. So. We didn't have a war going on between Ukraine and Russia. His people, yeah. Putin, tell Putin to cut it out. Yeah. Listen, this is the world we live in now. And I, I myself would love to see change because, you know, at the end of the day, we all need to survive. We, there should be more peace right now than anything else. The world is highly divided. Yeah, very divided. And you would think, you would think, time from what happened from in the past, you think that we would be a little bit more united. You would learn from it, the, you know, because time progression. You know, as time goes on, we start to progress, and us as people, we start to be more understanding and you know value other people's cultures. But not even that, the value of life. That you too, know? especially after COVID. Yeah, yeah. That first go round. Not this, what's lost, happening now, but the so first many, go round. We lost so many people. You would think that, you know, when we got back outside, it would be a little bit more peaceful. Like, you would think this, you know, they came out when George Floyd. That was the most time I've seen people join together than anything was for George Floyd. And then it's just like now everybody's out. It's back to every man for themselves and everything else. So it's that's, 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 uh... I don't know. Also, us in the black community, we have to. It's, it seems yeah, like we, we have to. Do, to we do have better. to do better by our kids because clearly they're out here just running amok. They have no fear. That everything is a gun, gun, gun. No one, mm-hmm. no one knows how to fist fight anymore. Everybody wants to shoot. Yeah, and we're losing I don't, too I many of our youth. But you we're should losing fist. too many of our youth. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's guns and drugs. This is how we losing our youth. Mm-hmm. You know. But everybody, everybody want to be a gangster. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Mr. Duke, I want to say thank you. Um, I definitely appreciate your time. Um, this was an honor for both me and Rainbow to be here with you. What? What's my name? Rainbow. That's not what you said. You said rain the boat. That is no way. Oh, God. <laughs> rain the boat. Okay. So it was definitely an honor to be here with you. Um, we usually ask our guests to tell us how they want to go out, which is a word of inspiration to everyone. So today we're going to ask you first, how do you want to go out today? I, I, I like quotes, and I'll give you a couple of mine. Um, aspire to inspire before, mm. before you expire. Amen. That's Very a good, good one. 
I'm gonna write. Let me write that down. Definitely, I'm gonna use that quote. Aspire definitely to appreciate that. Before you expire. And I, that's something definitely to live by. The second one. Right. The second one. Oh, yeah. The second one is. Um, if a man does not seek humility. Mm. Humility will seek the man. <laughs> humble yourself before somebody humbles you. Exactly. And the and the, the last absolutely one, the last one is in your lifetime you will never see a smaller package than a person wrapped up in themselves. Mm. Wow. Look. <laughs> That's how they be doing at the poetry thing. <laughs> Everybody, you, you're seeing it first. You're hearing it first. Once again, thank you, Mr. Duke. Rainbow, how you want to go out tonight? I, you know me. I just want to be Russell Simmons. I want to thank y'all. God bless. Thank y'all for coming out. Have a good night. <laughs> peace, 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 okay? All Thank right. You. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and as always, I want to say thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Absolutely. Thank you, Mother, too, for your super sticker. We definitely appreciate it. Um, I want to go out today saying that, you know, take time for your kids, guys. You know what I mean? Whether, you know, if you see that, if you don't feel there's a problem, just try to, you know, they're not going to tell you. Kids are not going to tell you there's a problem. You have to definitely keep more aware and eye on your children. So take the time to get to know your kids um, because that's something we have to do as parents. But we should, you know I mean? but parents should know that because they were kids once and they didn't tell their parents that something was wrong. Yeah, but you know, it, it, nowadays I think is that's one of the biggest issues with um, us as parents. We're neglecting. Mm -hmm to do that check, to, to, you know, we're allowing things that we normally wouldn't allow. So I definitely want to say, you know, do that research, you know, do that check on your kids, man. Most of all, you can catch us on all platforms. Definitely check out the eveningrushnetwork.com. Um, download the app. So you're, you're always on the go. Shout out to DJ GMF, who just put on a magnificent reggae I was listening to it today. Oh, I'm gonna have to go just, look. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that. Yeah, he, he I was asleep. I was taking amazing, a nap. an amazing reggae showcase. I just want to say that. Um, I want everybody to keep tuning in. Simply Tiffany is up next, and uh, once again, we appreciate you. You already know what it is. Oh, but before we go, Saturday, 9th, Saturday, Saturday. Saturday. Kids of Queen superhero event done by a cause of concern, a solution network. It will be at 115-62 Supton Boulevard between 12 and 4. Please come out and support, man. Bring the kids out. Put them in their little costumes. Let them enjoy, enjoy the time that, you know, they can enjoy. Make sure it's you weather know? appropriate because it's hot outside. Yeah. 
yeah, it definitely will be hot that day. So definitely, you know what I'm saying? It's the month of fresh, as I always say, yo, sleep in peace, bro. You know, I'm 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 so happy this man gave me this vision to do this network. And I definitely want to tell you, bro, I appreciate you and I love you and I miss you, bro. So as always, we appreciate you all. And uh mm-hmm. we'll catch you next week. Peace. My nephew told me I'm a king and a crown fitted. You can catch me.